Welcome to the Loan Hunter Podcast. I am Heather Hunter Jackson, covering all things real estate and finance in the greater Sacramento area. Whether you are an industry professional, first time home buyer, or a homeowner looking to learn more, my goal of this podcast is to take the complicated language and conflicting information you find online and make it simple and easy to understand. Welcome back to another episode of the Loan Hunter Podcast. Today, we are talking all about down payment. How much down payment do I really need to buy a home? So you guys, do you know that, I say it's a myth, you know, that you need 20% down, but did you know that 41% of people who have never owned a home still think that they need a 20% down payment? And I know I've heard recently, like, millennials especially, I know that that percentage goes up. I believe it's over 50%. So I am here to tell you that if you are buying your first home, um, you know, second home, whatever, um, to live in, you do not need 20% down. So let's cover what you actually do need. I've discussed on a previous episode, you can go back and listen to it, but the difference between conventional FHA, uh, VA, USDA, and jumbo loans. So I'll cover real quick what is required for each of those. So on a conventional loan, if you were a first time home buyer, so again, you guys, that's Fannie Freddie, you can do as little as 3% down. If you are not a first time home buyer, which the definition of a first time home buyer is that you haven't owned a home within the last three years, you can do as little as 5% down. So that is not 20%. So that's a lot of flexibility. FHA is three and a half percent down. Again, I've covered this before, but common myth is that you have to be a first time home buyer to use an FHA loan. Not the case. You could be selling a home and buying a new one. And for whatever reason, FHA makes more sense for your scenario. You can do as little as three and a half percent down. VA and USDA are both 100% financing products with caveats that VA, you have to be um, eligible, meaning you have to be a veteran, in active military, we're in the reserves for six years. So that obviously has caveats as to how you get that loan. And then with USDA, that is a rural home loan and they have income caps. So the household income is taken into account and you uh, have to qualify based on that. So And when it comes to jumbo loans, that one gets a little different. Rule of thumb on that one would be 20% down. Uh, However, there are programs out there that do allow for uh, 10% down. So with jumbo loans, it is rare that, um, you know, you find as little as 5% down. Um, But there there probably is a program or two out there. Uh, But normally those are going to be 10% or more down. So Again, not 20%. That is no longer the requirement. I think that hasn't been a requirement for I don't even know how long. So really focus on 3 to 5% is really, you know, kind of the minimum that you are dealing with. So, you know, where can down payment come from? And I'm going to talk about kind of at the end a little bit about closing costs. I know I have another episode that goes into detail on closing costs, but just so on this one, since it's specifically about down payment, you know, I'll, I'll cover that in a second. But where can that down payment come from? So that can come from your checking account, your savings account, you know, money that's been sitting in there for, I should say, over 60 days is what we like to see um, for seasoned uh, assets. You know, maybe you're also saving money as you're getting paid. So that's fine because that comes from a documentable source. It's your paycheck. It can also come from a 401k or an IRA. 
There are quite a few borrowers who um, actually borrow loans against their 401k or their IRA because there is a tax loophole on that, that if you were buying a home that you are going to live in, you are allowed to withdraw from your 401k or your IRA and not have a tax penalty. So that is something to consider. Obviously, you can use uh, stocks or bonds. You can use, you know, whole life insurance policies, um, anything that has a cash value that you can access, annuities. Uh, One thing that I will put a little caveat on is it's not as big now, but crypto used to be a common question we get if you could use cryptocurrency. And that one was a little bit more challenging because we would have to prove, you know, how much you initially invested and then be able to show the seasoning of it and that uh, the money coming back out. So if you can get around (laughs) not using crypto, I probably would, um, just because it's a little bit more of a headache from a documentation standpoint. Um, One thing you cannot use is large sums of cash. I will talk to borrowers who have cash in a safe, cash under your mattress, if you are, you know, saving for a home home loan and you do have cash before you come and talk to, you know, a mortgage professional, you want to get that cash what we call seasoned. So you want it to be sitting in your bank account ideally for 60 days. We only go back max 2 months in bank statements. And we just don't want to see any large non-payroll deposits. So um, sometimes people have lent money to a family member and that person's paying them $10,000 back. You guys, if you don't have a paper trail on that, which I'm sorry, most people don't have a paper trail of lending out money to their family member. You know, it's kind of a verbal contract. That's not money that we can technically use. Now, you know, are there some loopholes of, you know, I'll talk about gift funds in a minute and how we can possibly use gift funds. Yes. Um, but just keep in mind, large sums of cash, we we cannot use that because we can't prove where it came from. So uh, that is the biggest concern. One thing we see a lot of people using is gift funds. Um, so family members, a lot of parents these days or grandparents are gifting funds to son, daughter, grandson, granddaughter, um, sometimes it's cousins, you know, sisters, brothers, whatever. You are allowed to get gift funds and almost... I would say almost every situation, every loan, the documentation steps are different depending on the loan, but we always will give you a gift letter and both you and the donor sign it. It tells, you know, what account it's coming from, from the donor. Um, Some loan programs, we have to show that the donor had the ability to give the gift. And what that means is they have to provide us a bank statement. Other times it's just a gift letter. So um, that is a great way to um, get into a home is, you know, through gift funds. So keep that in mind if you have a family member that is talking to you and is willing to do that. Or sometimes I, I do see parents doing like going ahead and giving future inheritance type stuff to to kids. So um, definitely tap into those resources and see if that's an option. I will say on jumbo loans, there can be more overlays of gift funds, meaning if you're putting 10% down, 5% of the funds may have to be your own funds. Whereas on all the other, you know, conventional um, FHA, VA, USDA type loans, that those can be 100% gift funds. So um, just keep that in mind. Again, discuss with your loan officer in detail, you know, what you're planning if you're using gift funds and 
and uh, they can tell you what, what the parameters are. Another question that comes up is, what if I'm using down payment assistance? I will have people do their loan application where they know they're going to use down payment assistance, and they'll put in that they're only putting 1% down. So let's just say it's a $400,000 price. They put that they're putting $4,000 down because that's what they have. We always set the loan up according to our loan parameters. So minimum down payment is 3%. I'm going to say it's 3% down. And then I'm going to look at what down payment assistance can provide in terms of the down payment and the closing costs. And I'm going to get those numbers to work out to what you have available. So again, if you only have $5,000 available, I'm going to figure out how to structure down payment assistance to provide the 3% down I need plus cover some closing costs so that you're only coming out of pocket, you know, what you have. So um, down payment assistance is just a little bit more of, uh, I guess, a math equation that we do and happy to go over that with you guys. Um, One last thing to consider is that when I tell you the amounts of down payment and you're like, okay, you know, $400,000 house, 3% down would be $12,000. Well, you also have closing costs on top of that. Again, I have another episode that break down what closing costs are, how much goes into it. But for our, you know, overall rule of thumb, I'm just going to say $10,000. So if I have $12,000 is my minimum required down payment for the program, um, $10,000 in closing costs, I'm looking at $22,000 that I need. Now, you'll be able to work with your agent and your lender to see maybe there's some seller credit options to get your closing costs down. Again, maybe there's down payment assistance options. Just know in total, on top of your down payment, you do have closing costs to consider for when we're looking at total cash all in. So that is your down payment in a nutshell, please. The biggest takeaway I want you to have is that you do not need 20% down to buy a home. I will say you guys actually, of course, when I say that, someone will come back and say, well, Heather, what about investment properties? Um, For investment properties, that is a case. You do need 20% down to buy that um, home. And if you're buying two, two to four unit properties, the down payment on that goes up whether you're buying a primary um, to live in it or whether you're buying that as an investment property. However, if you are going to live in it, both FHA and VA parameters stick um, and USDA in terms of three and a half percent down or 100 percent financing. So but again, just when you're buying investment properties, you're looking at usually putting somewhere between 20 to 25 percent down. So that's the only little uh I guess footnote asterisk I got to put by by how much down payments required and again takeaway it is not 20%. So if you have questions on this please uh, reach out to me all my contact informations in the show notes and I would love to chat with you. Thanks so much for joining me and I'll catch you on the next episode. Thank you for tuning in to the Loan Hunter podcast. If you like this podcast please share it with your friends and family. Also, please leave me a review, good or bad, because I like honest feedback and always like to improve. Thank you so much for sharing and see you on the next episode. The Lone Hunter Podcast is brought to you by Heather Hunter, NMLS number 129963, DRE number 01402583. Empire Home Loans supports equal housing opportunity, NMLS number 183-9243.